Welcome to episode 57 of the Movie City Maniacs. On tonight's episode, we talk about the pit and the pendulum from 1961. Imagine, if you will, you're in a pit, and the pendulum starts to steadily sway. When you first see it, you think you have plenty of time. As it slowly descends on you, you realize your time is running out. As it comes closer and closer, you feel a deadly whoosh of the air slapping your face. Only for the blade to stop in utter disappointment, like this episode. (laughs) I think that's pretty good. (laughs) Today we'll be talking about our uh, Vincent Price, Poe Corman... Um, yeah, price. What is it? PCC. <laughs> we'll, wait, be, no. we'll be smoking some PCC. PP, PPC, CPP. <laughs> CPP. Well, we'll be getting wet today. <laughs> what was that line in like training days? Like, yo, man, I didn't know you like to get wet. You smoke PC. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Welcome everyone to the uh, Movie City Maniacs. I'm Kyle. I'm Maddie. And uh, yes, we're here to. Uh, we're continuing our Porman. Corman, our Corman <laughs> Poe Price we'll, series. We'll be continue our poor man <laughs> podcast <laughs> with uh, the second film in the series, The Pit and the Pendulum, from 1961. Um, as we talked about in the last episode, we're not going to cover all of them. They, I think they did. Sorry, I think there is eight Poe Corman productions, and Price did seven of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're, we picked uh, four that we wanted to talk kind about. Of, not four of our favorites, but just four we wanted to watch. Really. Yeah, I, I would say two of them are, are classics. Two of them I haven't seen, yeah. so that's why I kind of chose them. They were the uh, the two that I hadn't seen out of the eight. But um, I mean, you can't really go Have wrong. Have you seen with, the uh, Pendulum yet, or no? Uh, yeah, this is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've seen this a couple okay. of times. I've actually only embarrassingly seen it though for a couple of years ago, considering. As we talked about in the last episode, Vincent Price is one of my favorite yeah. actors out there. It took me a while to get to this one. I don't know why. It's just one of those things that kept on getting pushed off. And Have you seen the remake? I have not seen. I know you Dude, love the remake. absolutely with... love it. We should watch it. What are you doing after this? You want to watch a movie? <laughs> That's with Lance Hendrickson, right? Yeah. Um, put out by uh, Full Moon. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon? Yeah. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. I, I, it even I had like, Jeffrey Coombs it. in it, too, as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, yeah, I know you've awesome. raved about it yeah. for, I think, a past... Past a couple yeah, of our Shocktobers, yeah. which is uh, I, I, coming watch up it, soon. Watching it, I'm like, man, I should watch that movie again. Yeah. It's so good. There's something amazing. What's that called? The Cadaver Synod, where they actually like unbury somebody just to whip them. Huh. <laughs> it's amazing. Interesting. But uh, yeah, this is uh, our lead up. We have our big Shocktober series coming up, uh, kind of the... Th- 
what we look forward to every year, yeah. and those are kind of our big episodes. Uh, you know, hopefully we don't run into the, the internet issues we've been having with our site, uh, but uh, we're we're Hackers. hoping it's all going to go well, and uh, we can actually. Do you think it's because like I was actually ragging on the movie Hackers? Is what they got us on? Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hackers aren't nerdy. Well, actually, we are, but uh, we anyways, pre- we prefer to be called geeks. <laughs> But uh, yes, we're going to hope for the best for that. But we're just going to do what we can. Uh, you know, we'll get all, all these I episodes. I can ask you a question. Do you think it's more insulting to be called a jock or a nerd? Like right now, if someone came up, you're like, you fucking jock. <laughs> or do you think Probably like, a jock. Yeah, I, I was yeah. thinking that too, actually. I think these days it's kind of cool to be a nerd. Like yeah. all the stuff that I grew up with and got made fun of in high school <laughs> is all like the stuff that, you know, the, the jocks hip, are, hip now. are in first in line to see. So. The times are a changing, but uh, yeah. Before we get into um, more uh, price, uh, price Corman Pope, <laughs> I'm never going to say that right. Um, do you want to talk about anything exciting that's happened lately? Do I did just buy a? Uh, it's a Halloween decoration. It's an old timey phone, but like you hit it and it starts ringing. Then you pick it up and it, in your ears, like I'm coming to get you. Oh, nice! Look behind you. You're going to die tonight. It's it's the phone. Where did you get that? I think it was at like HomeSense or some shit like that. Oh, nice. It is amazing. Like I saw like, oh, I got to buy this. That's cool. Yeah, I love that um, we're filming this a little bit ahead, but uh, mm-hmm. we are, you're starting to see Halloween stuff everywhere. It's the best, right? Um, I've already bought a couple of Halloween DVDs from the dollar store. Have you seen that <laughs> they have like um, Sour Patch Kids with their Sour Patch candy corns? No, that's I haven't incredible. tried it, but like I kind of want to pick one up. Yeah. I've been getting into the um, Lee Max puts out these kind of like at, at Christmas time you always see those people Christmas, the Christmas town? towns. Well, Lee Max uh, put out these Halloween towns. Spooky town, <laughs> and it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I've been um, every year. I've been. Do they call it like Halloween Borough or something like that. Or? I think like every year they have a different theme. Like some mm. one year it's like a carny theme, one year it's killer clowns, whatever. But I've been slowly getting into it. But this year I finally bought my first couple big pieces for my town. These things are fucking expensive. <laughs> I can't believe how expensive they are. Right? Like even you know going in because they're sold at least in Canada and Michael's I don't know yeah. where they're sold in the States but Michael's every week has a coupon we get 50% off so yeah. they're selling this stuff expensive knowing that someone's going to use a 50% coupon even with the 50% off coupon it's still fucking expensive like it's crazy for these little things but I don't know man I had to get into it uh, I love this kind of shit Yeah. and uh, so far yeah I got to a whole band show and it's like uh, zombies playing instruments and the music comes on I, and lights I was thinking about this I love movies where like uh, people play animatronic figures, like in like uh, Doctor Fibes, oh, yeah, like yeah. where like his band is all like animatronic, but it's actually people playing. I think the animatronic. Trap might have a little bit of. That I too, actually, yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched half of that, so okay, nice. I'll, I'll get into it next episode. But nice. it's so good. Or uh, what's the other one uh, with um, Udo Kier? It's like a anthology where he plays like this. Like I think it's like Theater Bazaar. I actually just bought that. I haven't seen it though. Okay, it's like him and like he's like. Welcome to Theater Bazaar. And like, as other things, like people like cutting their wrists and like confetti's huh. going everywhere. Interesting. I love it. It's so creepy. It's like startling. Yeah. But um, yeah, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've been totally getting I got the big band shell and then I also got the uh, little merry go round with the kids on the various Halloween um, creatures. They're I guess. all wearing but, like um, their costumes. But yeah, I'm pretty does it excited play music? about it. It does, yeah. They, they move and play music. And I actually got these killer gnomes for the town as well. Oh, awesome. So I'm totally excited about this. This is what I waste my money on. Um, <laughs> Don't you have like kids? Don't you have like a, your kids are sitting here like your shoes are like falling apart. <laughs> hey, my kids are well taken care of. It's my shoes that are falling apart. <laughs> uh, sadly, that's not joking. <laughs> I just bought two new pairs of shoes, but before that, my feet were literally... Well, I don't think like, like a 
bread bags yeah. when your feet count as shoes. But that's hey, not even a money issue. That's a laziness yeah, issue. I hate doing exactly. any shopping that's like necessity shopping. It's not the fun. Worst. <laughs> like who likes to go get their hair cut or get it's the shoe worst. or clothes shopping? But like, tell me you're going to go uh, buy, uh, you know, Lamax Halloween Town pieces. And Have I'm you excited. ever gone glasses shopping? <laughs> it no. is so, it's such a pain in the ass. Like, yeah, it's such a pain. Thankfully, it's expensive too. Thankfully, my eyes are uh, kind of 2020. <laughs> They're they're pretty good, I guess. I don't know, but anyways, so um, like twenty out of twenty is what you're saying. <laughs> Most people say ten out of ten, but yeah, you go ahead. Okay, but uh, anyways, yeah. So I, I got into that. It's pretty awesome. I'm kind of excited every year. It's same thing with Halloween decorations. Every year I'll buy like a big piece because you can't just go and drop a thousand bucks. But my goal is every, every year, year like you 80. get a piece, and then in a couple years you'll have a whole yeah. town. So it's I guess once incredible. the kids get a bit older, you can bring it all the shit they yeah. bought when you were younger, yeah. <laughs> like the head that was like hanging. Yeah, the severed head I have that I have. <laughs> to put away because it's too scary for some but it um, is pretty grotesque i'll give it that like it's like an upside down head where like the jawbone is like it's hanging from the jawbones yeah it's uh it's pretty pretty gruesome i'm surprised like your wife was like yeah okay that's fine kyle go for this well hey that's halloween man you yeah. see these decorations on people's houses you can do whatever you want at christmas yeah. give me the house of halloween well christmas i'm really into it too but uh i last year i did get a, a giant um slimer which looks pretty incredible mm. Uh, so he's okay. Our son's okay with that. He loves Ghostbusters, but uh, it's still really gruesome stuff that I haven't been able to put out. But who knows? Maybe you know when friends come over to watch movies or something, I'll pull them out. Uh, but um, make right, guys. How <laughs> come the Halloween decorations? But uh, yeah, maybe I'll post a video of the the town in a, in a year or two when I actually have a whole thing going. Yeah. But um, right now, it's not too exciting with just a couple small pieces. But um, yeah, I, I'm loving this time of the year I love when you go to stores and like usually horror is kind of like thrown in the corner and forgotten about it but this is a time any store you go into you got the costumes the gory decorations and all that kind of stuff so this is this and Christmas are my favorite time of the year. I like because they're both kind of the yin and yang of yeah. each other. One's like the happiest, merriest time of the year. And, and the other they, one's Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. <laughs> uh, you stole my joke, you bastard. But um, anyways, uh, have you watched anything recently? or Have you seen Valley of Violence? It was Ty West movie. Yeah, what is it in in Valley of in Violence? Valley of, yeah, in a Valley of Violence. Ethan Hawke. I when did Ethan Hawke become one of my favorite actors? It's crazy how he's done like a bunch of genre movies and he's so good at every oh, single been, one of them. Yeah, he's been great lately. I love the guy. And he is so good in this and the first 20 to 30 minutes when he has that dog you know that dog is not long for this world, but the dog is so charming as well. It's kind of like John Wick in yeah. Western times. But again, the dog is almost like cartoony because he's always doing like the yeah, uh, hiding yeah, his face yeah. and like playing it up, like almost like a. You ever remember the movie Bingo the Dog? Oh yeah, yeah. It's exactly like that, but like you know that dog's gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so good. And John Travolta destroyed this movie. He was oh, such a, a villain, good. Yeah. Sheriff, because he wasn't a villain. He's trying to like, hey, hey, I'm sorry, my son's an asshole, but just, just, just get out of here. But eventually, he has. Oh to, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Know, he has to make a decision. He can't allow this stuff to. He's 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 the old sheriff. The movie was so much fun. It almost felt like an old timey, like um, not Marcone, but uh, who did these old westerns? Uh, uh Le- Leone. Yeah, Sergio Leone. Sergio Leone. Yeah. It felt like that at times. Like it was done very well. Hmm. And even the score was cool. I I actually didn't love this film. It's probably my uh, least favorite Ty West film. I, it, Again, it, it's probably my least favorite Ty West film. That being said, like I love his other movies. Yeah, I think like everything else he's done has been like top, like but amazing. It, it's all horror, right? This is the first yeah. one that's not like a uh, spooky. The, the film wasn't bad. I just felt it was kind of bland. Like it felt like 
one of those like it didn't have a huge budget. You know how like every year there's like three or four westerns where they don't have quite the budget, yeah. so the costumes aren't quite as up to the standard. The towns, the the setting and everything. It was such a small city, but yeah. I kind of dug that actually. I just felt like it just kind of blended in with those. Is like it was another western that wasn't terrible, but wasn't nothing stood out about it. Nothing was like, wow, I'm gonna always remember this scene or this. There was nothing that stood out. Like, can you think of anything that really stood out in the film? The or? dog is pretty okay. much all I can really think of. Which exactly? Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I I enjoyed it enough, but mm-hmm. um, it's not one I'm gonna return to. I don't know. Very I, often. I dug it. What are you gonna give? Uh, I seven out of ten. I'm gonna give okay. it. Yeah, I. I'd, I'd Even the opening credits, lower, I really but... dug too, because it had that like great score kicking in. Yeah, I don't even remember. Again, the whole film was kind of forgettable for me. Um, I only watched uh, one film I'm going to talk about today, but it's a big one uh, for horror fans this year. I, I finally saw A Quiet Place from 2018, oh, uh, directed and starring John Krasinski of The Office fame and Emily Jim, right? uh, Blunt. Um, I'm just going to give my review in the style of the film, so... Yeah, so I loved it. Uh, anyways, uh, no, I... I I was quite impressed that this is a mainstream film. Like, this isn't a little film that got thrown out for horror fans like us on video. This is a, like, decent budget. Big budget. Well, like, big budget in the horror world. It, it was pushed. Yeah. And it had exactly a big, you know, it was like Warner Brothers putting out or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I could not imagine seeing this. You saw this in theaters. Yeah. Right? There's two things I'd be curious that I, I wanted to hear your opinion on. But one is, like, I couldn't see mainstream audiences being okay with this because the first 20 minutes there's no dialogue it's all score and, and audio this is a film like where people don't give credit enough to audio this is a film like it relies on the audio if you had shitty yeah. post audio it would be a, it would not be a good movie but it's if fantastic. you saw it with the shitty audience that would yeah. be terrible uh, when I was there like no one said a word okay even the guy like who was like I saw it like a mid-afternoon matinee yeah. even the guy like two rows in front of me was like eating popcorn I was kind of getting upset with him like yeah. you shouldn't be eating popcorn right now he was like oh wait a second I'm in a theater it was a great audience. Yeah, yeah, you got lucky because I could yeah. see if you had like some teens that weren't yeah. into it, it would just ruin it. Because it would. It really like I I thought it, for, at least for me watching it at home was the perfect way to do it. Just because it's in the black, it's silence. I, I think do that's have the, the do actually inverse of that. We'll talk about it in a second. Um, but the other thing I, I would be curious about, and I think I heard other people say this ruin their experience, is that these days you know the the theaters are all there's. Every theater's playing. It's multiplex playing ten other movies, and they're right next to each other. Yeah, you, and you have like an Avengers film, the, uh, which I think what, what, there was some big summer blockbuster yeah. around that time. You would hear all that coming through the walls yeah, when you, you did. and it kind of take you out of it a bit. Uh, um, again, in a theater, you learn to block out any of the noise, but you did hear the uh, yeah coming from the other side. But, but um, either either way, all that really impressed me. I thought that was really cool to see a movie like that. There wasn't. Mm. There's nothing really like this. Like. There's barely dialogue in the whole movie, and it, it's just relying on your visuals, and you're taking it all in. Um, it's not a perfect film. I had some issues. Uh, some of the CGI in the creatures wasn't yeah. great. I, I don't know if I like how it wrapped up. I'll just say that. I don't want to spoil too mm. much. But it, it was cool to see a movie that was like four characters, and it was just about, you know, even though you don't get to know their whole backstory and everything, you felt that you were in there with these characters. You knew them. Mm. You liked them. You wanted to see them survive. It's it's cool to see a horror film that relies on character development more than jump scares yeah. and you know trying to sell a movie and to teens. There were some interesting jump scares too. Yeah, and never in a movie where it has like a single nail sticking out of a stair. 
yeah. cause so much like um, tension. Well, they do a good job because they set yeah. that up, and then you know that's going to come yeah. around a couple of times. Uh, but even the even the very beginning, like I won't say it happens, but it's probably not a spoiler. But yeah. it happens literally in the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, this shocking scene that sets up the rest of the film. Or has an impact on the yeah. rest of the film, and I thought I was like, "Wow, I can't believe they did that right away!" Like it, it throws you in the film right away, and then you're on on ease the yeah. whole film. And there's uh, not much jokes. Like usually, no. there's a horror movie like there's they're throwing out jokes. There's nothing. And again, it's cool to see a film again these days where the yes, there's two kids, but really, you know, the kids are there, and there's the two. Um, uh, adults, adults, but it's it's cool to see a, a movie where it's good. Let's get two good adult actors lead yeah. this film. Unlike, you know, again, where we've been down this, where it's like, got to be teens, these terrible teen yeah. actors, because that's what sells, and teens yeah. only want to see teens in movies. It was cool to I go gotta back say, to that. I got to say, the uh, young lady killed that movie, right? She was so good at it. I believe she is actually, don't quote me on this, but I believe she actually is deaf. Oh, yeah? Deaf. Yeah, and so they got they got a real deaf actor to come yeah. and do it. And she um, was really good in this. Well, I thought both kids were pretty mm-hmm. good. Like, I didn't have issues with any of them. And again, I think that's important because I think... Yeah, so many movies, the kids just ruin it. Like, and, and a lot of weight, I think, was on their shoulders. If any one of them was not good, I think it would have mm-hmm. possibly ruined the film because, again, it is just a small cast uh, where they're pretty much at their farmhouse and you can't... We didn't even stop but it's pretty much you're in this world where the slightest sound and these creatures will come out and kill you yeah. and so you can't make a noise and so it, I thought that was cool too how they they set up how they live and all the different mm-hmm. choices and, and, and things they have to do just to like how do you eat without making noise how do you walk across to where you need to go without making noise mm-hmm. how do you do your daily things and on top of it I don't want to I won't go too much into it but Emily Blunt's character is pregnant, which adds so much to it, too. I didn't it's realize insane that. insane how so good that is, So, think about right? that. I mean, I don't know why you'd be fucking in this world. <laughs> hey, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Like, think about this. You can't, man. Well, how would you fuck without making noise? Sorry, I guess I shouldn't complain about fucking, but I, I gotta, I, you, you should be pulling out in this kind of world. Like, bringing <laughs> a child into this kind of world is the worst yeah. thing because of someone that, you know, has, currently cries. has a, a one-year-old. Yeah. yeah, babies constantly cry, and that would be the end of it for both of you. So, it's a cruel thing to bring a baby into that world, but... Again, they have all these kind of things set up. They hope to help stop that. Mm. Um, of course, you know, everything doesn't go as planned. I won't say any more. But, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give the film seven and a half out of ten. Okay. Um, again, I, I had little issues with it. Here and there. Here and there. Uh, one thing is, like, it's I think it's an hour and 20 or an hour and a half. That time flew. Like, I remember, the, like, when the movie like ended, that. I thought that was the midpoint. And that's yeah. why I was almost disappointed. Like, it kind of almost felt anticlimactic. Yeah. Like, I wanted more. But, I mean, that's a good thing that they did this movie so well. That I'm curious. They- they can't make a sequel, can they? Like, I guess they I, could. They could. But, I hope not. Yeah, I don't. I think the sequel would be everything. That, a loud place. I would watch that. <laughs> well, it would just be everything that, like, yeah. what every other movie already is. Yeah. You know, them trying to stop the creatures. I don't want to see that. I thought this film was more interesting as mm-hmm. just this tense them trying to survive for an hour and a half. But it, and it's kind of cool to think about. Like last year, we had um, Get Out with um, uh, Peel. Peel. And now, who's like a, a comedian actor, yeah. kind of. And now we have John Krasinski, who's most known for The Office Jim. actor, and his directorial And I guess, is, who's that face? Danny McBride is doing Halloween, right? Yeah, he's, he wrote it. But still, yeah, exactly. Sorry, that I'm lying. It's not Krasinski's first film. I think he did one other film uh, before this. Oh, we go? Something like with that. But it's still, like, for you know, one it's his first horror film, and it's his first big picture. Um, 
to go from you know pretty much an actor in the small mm-hmm. little indie picture to this like that's a huge jump because this is an incredibly well made movie again like this would be I, I think as you, this is one of your first pictures it would be tough to do because there's nothing like like it's hard to get advice from other people because not too many movies are like an hour and a half of just audio and score and a lot of silence and uh, you know a little bit of dialogue in there but it's definitely not much So not much at all uh, anyways yeah I, I really enjoyed it I recommend it I'm sure it will make my top 10 yeah, of the year yeah I was um, speaking of uh, great movies <laughs> have you ever heard of The Unfriended they just did a sequel to that just came out called The uh, Dark Web yeah and it's like uh, all on the computer screen did I went you see and saw it? it yeah I went and saw it and how was that it was interesting I really enjoyed seeing it with the theater full of teenagers because they're all like joking, cracking jokes. Like, all right, this is what this movie needs. Like, yeah. I enjoyed all the characters. I enjoyed the actual concept, just seeing it on like a computer screen. Yeah, that's actually yeah. how I watched the first one on my laptop. Could you read everything? Like, was it? Um, yeah, no, it was yeah. fine. I thought that was the perfect way to do it yeah. personally. And like, I I didn't really like the first one that much as much as everyone else. I thought the concept was really cool, but mm. I thought like it's a movie I'm not excited to revisit anytime soon. Yeah, if this ever. movie really um, they they changed it. Like uh, they kept the format, but it was more of a uh, people who were like uh, dark web guys, yeah. like um, people like. Uh, doing snuff films and whatnot, and okay. people who just control the internet, hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. Like the one guy, they uh, hacked his website and kind of took his voice and made him. Uh, they called the cops on him, so as the cops showed up, it's like I'm going to kill everybody. So the cops, it was very well done. And there was some uh, really cool scene where he's in this thing called, I guess, like the river. And when it first comes in, it's like old graphics, like you're playing Doom, and he's kind of well, like, "Oh, this is kind of weird. We're in here." And then like. As he shuts down, she goes back and goes back to it's no longer doom. It's an actual like a nice CGI river. So I thought it was a cool concept. Huh. Yeah. One one cool thing about Blumhouse, who put out Unfriended, and, mm-hmm. and again, it's not one of their stronger pictures in my opinion. But I do like that they're kind of like with Ouija. They're like, yeah, we know the first one didn't really work. Yeah. We're gonna get a good director, and they do a sequel that is totally unrelated unrelated but awesome like it's related but it's like feels a completely different film yeah. and it, like they're pretty good at that and it sounds like this thing too yeah again not saying that the first one was a terrible film but it's they're pretty good at like let's do something completely different let's and run out that instead of remake the same movie yeah. even if the first one was successful you know, a lot of studios mm-hmm. would just like let's just do that same film over and over again mm-hmm. they're kind of they're pretty good about that I find yeah I had a good time with it I don't know if you will. If you didn't like the first one, you're going to hate this one too. Like, well, again, yeah. I, I didn't hate the first one. I thought it was just okay. I just didn't. I, yeah. There was a lot of praise, and I know a lot of people really liked I, it. I, I found the. I first, think I just like the concept. The first one should have been thirty minutes to a half hour. It should have been part of an anthology. Yeah, exactly. I think it worked. Uh, the, the second one I better. thought worked pretty well as a movie on itself. Like okay. I was engaged the entire time. It kept, I'll, I'll definitely it kept watch changing. It. Yeah. Like the move, this narrative kept going to a different place. I didn't think it was going to go. So I got to give it six, six point yeah. five. I'll try to watch it for my best of the year just because I try yeah. to get through all the big ones, but um, no promise. Have you seen like Truth or Dare or any of these like ones that came no, out? I haven't no. seen The Purge yet. Like, I feel like I've really slacked this year as far as movies yeah, go. Yeah, I haven't seen much either. But it, I usually only get to the movies once yeah, in a couple I, months. I'm usually like a movie guy. Yeah, I'll go like are, every yeah. like, but I've been uh, so busy. Uh, yeah. You know, the summer sucked for me. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm an old, boring <laughs> man right now. Welcome to my life, man. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we've been jabbering on long enough. Let's get into uh, some Vincent Price. Some Corman, some Poe. <laughs> With here's the trailer for The Pit and the Pendulum from 1961. This was my father's world, Mr. Barnett. The shrieking of mutilated victims became the music of his life. 
The blood of a thousand men and women was spilled within these walls. Limbs twisted and broken, flesh burned black. Starring <laughs> Vincent Price, truly a master of the macabre. John Carr in a challenging role. Barbara Steele, more blood chilling than in Black Sunday. And introducing taunting Luana Anders. Nicholas. Is that you? Elizabeth? While we were up here mourning her, she was alive. Struggling to be free. The you are lying, sir! When Maria screamed, where were you? You lie! I'm going to torture you, Isabella. I'm going to make you suffer for your faithlessness to me. <laughs> you harlot! All the violence of angry seas. The unseen forces of the unknown. The unforgettable memories of a long-forgotten childhood. All these you will feel in your very blood. Do you know where you are, Bartholomew? You are about to enter hell. In the 16th century, Francis Bernard travels to Spain to clarify the strange circumstances of his sister's death after she had married the son of a cruel Spanish inquisitor. Yes, we're talking about the pit and the pendulum from 1961. Is he cruel? I got a question. Like, he seemed like almost like snivelly. Like, well, his dad? No, like, uh, well, that, that, that was saying uh, the son of a cruel. Oh, Spanish. okay. Yeah. That's talking about the guy's that he name, is Medina. Yeah, uh, we'll get into it in a little a little bit. Yeah. So this is, of course, as we mentioned, uh, the second film in the uh, Corman Poe <laughs> Price <laughs> series. Corman Poe Price. I think it's like the fifth time I've said this. <laughs> that should be the name of a rapper, like yeah. a rapper, like uh, <laughs> oh Corman Poe Price is laughing tonight at the uh, <laughs> like Tony Tony Tony. <laughs> yeah. Again, we've already talked a lot because it shares a lot of the same director and mm-hmm. actor, and and when I we'll, we'll just go through it quickly. We I would be surprised it, if it was actually episode, filmed but, at the exact same time. <laughs> well, probably not, but they did use a lot of sets, which we'll get into mm-hmm. um, for a lot of these films. Uh, but anyways, one thing I didn't know though is that the 20th Century Fox had actually announced plans to do this film in the 50s, along with they were going to do the Telltale Heart and Murders in the Room Morgue, uh, but the films were never made, so that that would have been interesting. To yeah, we still do a take on it. Um, probably wouldn't be as good, but yeah, this is the second film. It was originally uh, they were planning on doing the Mask of the Red Death as their second film, but uh, Inger Bergman's The Seventh Seal had just come out, and he thought there were some kind of similarities there. Mm-hmm. And also, I think he knew that the Mask of Red Death would be a little bit of a bigger production, yeah. so he wanted to, you know, let's do these ones, show that they make money, and then maybe try to get some more money out of the uh, company to do the. So this movie Red had Death what properly. like six, seven actors. That's pretty much it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a small production. Um, it's kind of cool too we'll get into how they did the sets and everything cheap but um, 
like uh, House of Usher that we just talked about on our last episode, this feature, as we mentioned, shares the same writer, director, of course, Price is back, but it also had the same uh, widescreen cinematographer, uh, Floyd Crosby, the set designer, art director, Daniel Haller, came back to do redo the sets, and then uh, the film score was once again as well done by Les Baxter. So they brought so back a lot of the same people and who, then just got new actors. Who wrote this? Um, what was his name? Yeah, this is uh, written by Matheson as well. Uh, so this was uh, directed, of course, as we mentioned, we've said it a hundred times. Corman is back uh, again. We're not going to go through his four hundred and fifteen credits. It's Corman, uh, Vincent Price, and uh, who is that director? Uh, who's that guy? Uh, the writer uh, Poe. Yeah. Um, four hundred fifteen credits. His name. We're not going to go through them all. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, but he had quite the catalog. Um, this film was shot in 15 days, and a lot of it, uh, they did extensive pre-production. Corman was pretty good about that, making sure the actors knew their characters, kind of had an idea of everything way before their shooting. So when they went on to shoot, and same thing with like camera movements and everything, that was all planned out ahead of time, that when it went actually to, cam- to uh, film, they were uh, prepared, and that's how they were able to do a production like this in 15 days, which is like nothing. That's insane, isn't it? Um, it's a budget. It was only had a budget of three hundred thousand dollars, but of course, uh, that uh, it brought in over two million dollars, uh, and ended up being another huge success for them, even bigger than House of Usher. That's insane. Um, I think this was actually the biggest. Uh, Carmen Pope Price. <laughs> yeah, I think this was the most successful film to date in uh, AIP's film history. Of course, Richard Matheson, as we mentioned, is back. Uh, we already talked about him. He's one of the greatest writers of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll just talk about him in relation to this. So, again, like a lot of these Corman Poe productions, they would take a Poe um, story, poem or story that was like a page or two and turn it into an hour and a half movie. So a lot of it, in this case, it was literally the, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit, but the, the pendulum scene is really... The actual what the, story, the story post story is based on. So they had to expand it. Yeah, because I was thinking like the, the pendulum doesn't even come into play until the last like ten, 10 minutes. Yeah, right? exactly. So I think they do a good job though. Like it all fits in. You you believe yeah. that it's all one story, even though it seems like yeah. it's kind of like an amalgamation this, this, of various stories. If I didn't know, this could yeah. be like a post story. Uh, in in this case, so Matheson already had an outline for a novel he was starting to work on called House of the Dead. That's what he used the basis for this screenplay, and he also used elements from other post stories uh, including the unfaithful wife from the cask of Amontillado um, so yeah you can definitely tell he had a story and he kind of that's how they would do they would like, it. we got to kind of fit well, in this scene I, I guess into this even movie. in the mask of red death like there was like two or three post stories combined in that movie isn't yeah, there yeah I think so we'll, we'll, when we get yeah, into I guess that, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it we'll look into that more but I believe a lot of these definitely were like that yeah I know um, the haunted uh, palace that we're going to talk about that was pretty much like an HP Lovecraft craft story yeah. but th- these Poe um, Price Poe <laughs> adaptations were such hits that uh, they want they wanted to throw uh, Poe's name in there yeah. so they literally took like a they didn't a, want a, they didn't want to be Poe so they wanted to be rich is what they're saying <laughs> <laughs> but they literally took like a paragraph or something and then turned that and then threw yeah. they somehow t- yeah they somehow like threw a quote at the beginning of the film and took like <laughs> one character and then but made it as if it's based on a Poe adaptation I really do gotta talk but. about the intro of this film that looked really cool right with all the paints 
kind of like oh, things yeah, flash. That's like, incredible. That was awesome, right? And well, the, the end credits have that too. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just cool. It's almost like this hypnotic. I don't know. There's something yeah. about it kind of ma- makes you feel uneasy. It draws you in. Like, yeah. and, and, and with like the score. These dark colors yeah. are like really cool. Yeah. But uh, Poe, he's of course one of the, the greatest uh, horror writers of all time. Uh, the most renowned, right? Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, so the, the original Poe story was um, very basic. It was pretty much about a man condemned by the uh, Spanish Inquisition, is imprisoned in a darkened cell with a deep pit, and he's expected to fall. When he avoids the pit, he's drugged and uh, awakens to find himself strapped to the table with a pendulum swinging. And the whole... Story is just from his head. If a pendulum actually ever existed, I believe it did. Because it's like such a, uh, I guess it is a torturous device. Like, yeah, I think you see your impending doom kind of coming at you like in increments, but it just seems like such a a grandiose like way to kill somebody instead of just like, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to put you on this fucking stretching rack or I'm going to cut off your fingers. It's like, here's this elaborate machine (laughs) to kill you. But that that was like how they got their kicks. So they yeah. spent their money back then. I guess like that was before movies and shit like that. They well, had to all like back a, then. It's like hmm, how can we kill yeah. people in elaborate ways? Why they're going back to like the Roman coliseums? Yeah. It was like all kinds of tigers all, putting people in like ovens and yeah. I mean all this stuff you could just sh- kill people in various ways. But they had but, to make it at a big display where like let's set up and it's like a big event. And you come yeah. down. That was like their TV of the day. <laughs> watching people get hung or. Watched, you know, the with witches that's drown a woman. And yeah, I guess the ratings were better when they drowned people. Yeah. Like, they needed better ratings. Like uh, exactly when they just did another hang and people. It, were it was the bored. Spanish Inquisition versus like the witch hunters. It was like okay, well, the uh, witch hunters got like a uh, nice rating on the Monday night. What yeah. we need to do is they had nine thousand people show up. Yeah. We only had eight. What's yeah. going on? We, we need, need to put something up, up against this. So they got a bunch of like a uh, uh, torturing execs yeah. to come in. It's like <laughs> well, we need to do bigger, better. I know we need. Pendulum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I believe the writer, I could, don't quote me on this, but I thought that he said that he looked it up and it was um, a actual, real like, device, device they used. Uh, yeah. But anyways, the whole whole story is just him strapped down and it's from his point of view and he's just um, freaking out as he's trying to free I himself. that would and, be a good uh, story. Like, yeah. It's just pretty much yeah, his mindset is he's trying to escape and he's knowing that his oncoming doom is happening. I'm curious in the post story, does he die? I've never read a post story. Uh, I really I hate the know. yield English shit. Like it just seems kind of like I can't read this. What, what is going on? I need. Here? I would like to uh, try to. Would get you actually read it? Yeah. It just I seems so. like it's all, all the gr- grammar's all off and shit like that. Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's like Shakespeare. You kind of yeah. have to analyze it. It's like mm-hmm. you know the word choices they use don't necessarily they don't mean the same thing in our yeah. day and age. So you definitely have to do a little bit of homework while you're reading it. But at the same time, they're pretty short. That I, I would I would you could probably actually I'd like, like to tackle them. It. I was saying, well, I think I had like an audio and it was just a bunch of them read an audio book so maybe I'll, I'll check it out that way maybe it'll be better where you have someone that actually can with the, the theatrics and stuff involved it's like a James L. Jones actually James Vincent Jones Price um, did a film and it was like I think it's like an hour long or something it's him doing a one man play reenacting some of the post stories <laughs> so maybe that'd be interesting maybe we could tackle that I don't know. that actually might be fun but um, I'm curious if he's like on an actual stage in like say like a uh, Britain with like the curtains and like who oh, to be or not to be. I think it might be. I, I know. Or um, there's like like a crackling fireplace and he's just reading you this like poem yeah. story from a thing. <laughs> 
He's a guy, though, I could sit there and watch him just Dude, reading an, a book in front of a fireplace. At the beginning of this movie, it's him talking about the pit and the pendulum, and it is so good. Just like, well, come closer. Let me tell you a story. Yeah, I guess. The, it is so good, right? Scream Factory includes, if you got any of their box sets, unfortunately, the volume one is long out of print. It sells for like hundreds of dollars, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what happened. They lost the rights to these films or something, but they still, they released three volumes, but volume one that has a lot of the great films, including this one, is long out of print. I was luckily to get a copy because mm-hmm. um, I love me some price so I ordered that pretty quickly you but, wouldn't um, even let me borrow it like uh, he was like I could lend it to you but yeah, I was like, you I, could just get it from the library yeah, strangely the Hamilton our, our local library actually had the Blu-ray which makes no sense I'm surprised I, stolen it. I gotta <laughs> suck Hamilton Libraries are ridiculous they are so good like really I'm, everything I look for they don't have well but you're it, looking for like what like uh, Faces <laughs> of Death Volume 5 or some shit like that I like, was looking for like um, the original uh, Dead of Night the anthology uh, okay, well, again. It, and certain books I was looking for, like, they don't have any Clive Barker books. How insane is that? A library that doesn't have Clive Barker weird, books. Actually. So I, I think uh, I just fucking proved my point there. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I got to say, like, every movie I've wanted from the Hamilton Library, they usually have. But I guess it's like their DVDs that go out of print. Like, people are yeah. terrible to these movies. Like, never get a family movie because they're just yeah. scratched to shit, right? Uh, yeah, I don't even really try to get movies, but yeah. uh, I was trying to get Dead of Night because I want to watch that. Even Game possible... of Thrones. Like, I picked up a uh, season six of Game of Thrones and it was just, like scratched to shit. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, yeah, I don't show even some put pride. That stuff in our, yeah. in our player. But, um, anyways, we're totally getting off track. Actually, Jeff, <laughs> Jeffrey Combs did um, a live, uh, recently, a live um, one man stage play of Paul Adaptations. Uh, that'd too. be kind of fun. Jeffrey Combs or Coombs? Coombs? Say, but. Anyways, um, so yeah, they they pretty much took that basic uh, two. I think it's like a two or four page story or whatever it was. I think it was short, and they expanded to this ninety. Yeah, it was a two page short story expanded to this ninety minute motion picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, it's always they, at the eighty minutes. So it's like it's a short movie, yeah, right? like one twenty, something like that. But and the the other big difference is uh, in the story, it is set in the early eighteen hundreds. Uh, whereas the movie is set in the 16th century, because uh, if you look on the crypt of his wife, it says 1517 to 1546. So, Elizabeth Medina. Yeah, Medina. Medina. Um. Anyways, that's the big difference. Oh yeah. Why, why don't we um? Why, why don't we do our basic thoughts of film? Then we'll jump in and talk about the cast and the yeah, film okay. itself. Uh, Maddie, what are your basic thoughts on the? I loved watching Vincent Price play this sniveling, like a uh, cowardly gentleman who is always like oh fainting. I yeah. he plays <laughs> he the, faints in this film like three or four times. He plays <laughs> this perfect effeminate dude, like. He is crazy feminine when he plays like the cowardly guy, but he is so good at it. Yeah, he's constantly so like just frightened the whole mm. movie, and and his eyes are so expressive. Yeah, right. Price is a weird. Uh, he's one of those actors where you either well, I don't think anyone could hate him, but like he definitely has an overacting. Yeah, he's to a him. bit hammy, but bit he hammy. is good. But yeah, exactly. He's this weird mix. Like very few actors. Most actors are either like over overacting yeah. and hammy. Or you're a great actor. He's this mix where he kind of did both, and usually in the same role. Like, yeah. usually in the same scene, he could be like kind of hamming it up, but it's like he's still throwing off a really good performance. Like in this film, he's going, he's hitting all these different marks. Like he mm. has to react to all these different things, and and I, I think he does a really good job at it. And yeah. again, there's we'll talk a little bit in the spoiler section, but there's 
you know, some stuff in the the last twenty minutes of the film that he has yeah. to completely change character. And I thought that was all fantastic as well. So but, good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. I think he's really, really good in this. But I, I think he's really good in most films. I think he's great at. He can do like the villain. He can do the charming guy. Yeah. He can do you, you know in this film he's hitting all I, the emotions. I've been watching what's that like not twice told tale yeah twice told tales uh, where it's like him and his buddy uh, they find the uh, the grave of his wife oh, and his I wife love comes that. back the to first death. story yeah and he's such like a young charming guy like well yeah. I think we should get some more whiskey there yeah. what do you say he's like this like party dude like, yeah I love and that he that plays story. a party guy yeah but he in, in this film it's almost like an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. and I think he handles it all well like he plays sad he plays scared he and plays, you, it's all believable you yeah. believe that this is a guy that has lost tormented. his wife and has been tormented and haunted by whether she was buried alive whether yeah. you know she's still alive whether he's being haunted by her like. I don't know. I think he does. I, I think he's good in this because I know um, I've read some reviews and some reviews agree with that. And then some say, ah, he's terrible and he's hammy. Oh. And it's like, I don't know. I think, yes, he is a little bit hammy at parts. But that's but part of his charm. I exactly. Find. I, I find, you know, when, you, when you're throwing on a Price film, you're getting Price. And yeah. it's, and for me, that's always a good thing. I guess if you're not a fan of it, you might see it as a bad thing. But I think, like, I, I guess know, he always he delivers. could be a stage actor. But, like, uh, I think on stage, his... Uh, expressive face would be lost because yeah. his eyes pretty much tell every story that yeah. you want because like when he's like he has a big eyes like yeah. when he's like yeah. scared and you have to take into account this is a film from 1961 a lot film of the acting back then was very stagey days. that's yeah. crazy right he didn't get like a second can I do this one more yeah. there Corman like no like no we're good. Go. But that, that was just the style of yeah. acting in the 60s. Mm-hmm. It was very stagey. Mm-hmm. And even like comparing, I'm not saying everyone else is bad, but I think comparing him to everyone else's film, I think he is leagues above them. Like so everyone much. else is kind of like, you can tell they're leading, reading their roles. And again, they're not bad. They're doing a well, decent job. I would say the one dude, uh, who's a guy, the uh, the brother? Yeah, he is so... He's a little bit wooden, yeah. Yeah, so like staunch. And like, he's not charming at all. He's more like... I came to see my, he's about my got, he's, sister. Yeah, he's got the serious face. Yeah. He doesn't really change, I find. He's that character Whatsoever. from the beginning. He doesn't really have a, a change in And you're uh, supposed character. to root for this guy. It's hard because he's kind of just yeah. a block sitting there. But yeah, then you, like, I just remember, like, yeah, because it opens up with him, the brother coming mm-hmm. up to the, sorry, the brother of the wife that died. Um, he's coming up to the castle and he, he enters and uh, Price's sister lets him in. And so all this up to this point... And, and he's you, kind of a dick to Maximilian too, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, Maximilian, the... Uh, yeah, what is butler, he? The butler? Manservant? The, yeah, the house servant. But you're introduced to all these characters for the first 10, 15 minutes, I think. Maybe it's not that long. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's... but. It's 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 like it's okay, and then Price comes in, and it just seems like it's like this ray of sunshine. So yeah. like it just seems like he has such a presence that it just elevates the film when as soon yeah. as he's on screen, like it adds so much. I completely agree. Like uh, when he is on film, it's amazing. When he's not, it's like okay. Watching him and like the girl, it's supposed to be his romantic interest. There is no sparks between no. them whatsoever. It's almost like uh, I have more interaction with my pharmacist the night this guy in his well I I think that was again a trope that was in a lot of films that time where it's like this couple you gotta have a romantic interest even if it doesn't fit the film so you'd see that in a lot of films where these characters just kind of exist there there's not really any romantic tension between them and then at the end it's just like they throw it in. It's like, ah, oh, we're going to end up together. And it's like, what? Where did that come yeah. from? There's, you know, it just didn't seem like there. He'll throw it out near the end of the film that if this could have been different circumstances. Yeah, it could have been a thing. It's like, but, but why? Where did you any of this come well, from? <laughs> there's nothing. 
But uh, yeah, th- this was uh, Poe. So he was coming off of House of Usher. He w- upped his asking price to one hundred and twenty-five thousand. This price for this film. Price of Poe. Yeah, you said po. price. Oh, sorry, price. <laughs> Um, or the Corman? Are we talking about Corman? Price increased his price uh, to one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars for this role. The next movie he comes into like uh, is it's Vincent Dollar Bills. Yeah. <laughs> it's the price of Vincent Dollar Bills. Plus, he got a percentage of profits. So keep in mind, we mentioned at the beginning that the price of film, the budget was only about three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So almost half of that went towards price. Yeah. But again, in this case, I think he deserves every yep. dollar of it because I wonder if we'd still be talking about this film if it yeah, wasn't we would a not price be. film. Well, yeah, so, there's a reason it's not the Corman Poe like uh, collection. It's a Vincent Price collection. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I, I don't Do they know. Have a Corman Poe collection? I think it all kind of goes together. I think yeah. Corman is just as important. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah no, of course. Like. But I, that being I, I said, think even Poe. Are you buying like a Corman? Like a you might actually. Yeah, I would. <laughs> Dude, I'm the guy that yeah. spent, we both spent over hundred dollars <laughs> on an H. Uh, what's the guy? Uh, the Herschel Gordon Lewis. Yeah, we both just spent over $100 on their Herschel Court yeah, Lewis collection. True. Okay, I'm sure I've watched three movies already. I like, mine is still sealed. <laughs> I, I so I, Maybe in like, I got so many movies to watch in October. Yeah. The thing with that movie is like, my wife is not going to watch them. But well, I think I can get her to watch the Universal Monster movies. Yeah, I'm going I'm to be going through a bunch of the Universal Monster movies for Halloween myself. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I just got the big They're uh, like an hour and 20, so I can out. probably like, maybe I can like, ahead you. Well, like, some of them are even, yeah, lower. Um, yeah. Some of them are like an hour and 10 or something. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we get fuck. We're totally going off track a lot this episode. It's ah, okay well, though. It's, it's okay. It's it's price. It's, yeah. all, it's all it's all good go- fun. Foolishly good. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you were mentioning John Keir. He plays Francis Bernard. He's the the brother that's coming to yeah. investigate what happened to his. I, I his assume sister. we don't see more more of this guy in other movies. Well, he, he might be a Corman no, guy. No, he did. Actually. He did a uh, Seven Women from Hell, uh, which is I think a prison flick with, where they escape and kick ass I did an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Hour an episode of Invisible Man TV series is but yeah, there he didn't a really women in prison movie where they don't escape and kick ass is the question I gotta ask I don't ask. know I'm sure there's somewhere it's just them getting raped <laughs> and tortured and people get off on that I don't know um, so this guy was a Tony Award winning actor he was a once promising leading man in the 50s he uh, did some major roles in some um, I, I don't know like some Rodgers and Hammerstein type films films that wouldn't really interest our audience but yeah he was this promising actor then he did this film, and this was kind of his last notable film. He did some other stuff, but you said, like, if you ever, you know, if you asked me, like, years ago, if this is the film I'd be remembered for, I'd think you're crazy, but um, this is the film that really he's only remembered for. That's crazy. Um, is he still with us? Is he still alive? I don't know. Unfortunately, I didn't uh, look that much into it. Of course, Barbara Steele plays the yeah. uh, dead wife. She was coming off of uh, the the hit uh, Mary Obava Black Sunday. Yeah. Apparently, she was in awe working with Price. She would later. She went on to do you know Queen of Genre mm-hmm. film, The Horrible Doctor, Hitchcock, Castle of yeah. Blood, Long Hair of Death, Nightmare Castle, Crimson Cult. Recently, she was in the that I talked about Minutes Past Midnight. She did the voiceover work in that. So she's still alive, still working uh, once in a while doing genre flicks. But um, she's got a unique look to her. She's oh, yeah. Um, yeah. She's she doesn't have that much to do in this I'll just say but um, she she has yeah. a presence she has a screen presence and she's, it helps that she's very attractive yeah she was an right? attractive uh, woman of the time um, uh, the thing is I got her and the uh, maid mixed up because I'm like oh yeah. is that the maid because I thought that might have been a 
twist. What I liked about this too is there's almost a mystery. Like who's doing this? Like who's? Uh... Well, there is a yeah. There's definitely a mystery because what's happening is uh, when the brother comes to investigate the murders, weird stuff is happening. They're hearing Kashif play the organ. They're playing someone play the organ. A harpsichord. Harpsichord. Sorry. Um, Come on, buddy. Harpsichord, motherfucker. <laughs> you know they go into a room and it's all been messed yeah. up. So something's happening and you don't know. Is she still alive? Yep. Or is it's she dead ghost. but she's haunting them? Uh, or the house. is Vincent Price doing it himself? Or is Vincent Price or someone else, it, one of the maids or someone else uh, part of this to, to frighten him to death? Because that maid's um, always sneaking around yeah. too in this movie. There's definitely a mystery, which I, yeah, I, I think they do a good job at selling mm-hmm. the scares and also the mystery. And then it all leads up to this, this yeah. big climatic finale, of course, with the pendulum. But it's all good stuff. Apparently, though, uh, Corman thought that her accent didn't fit the character well, so he actually, her uh, her little dialogue she has is dubbed over. Oh. Uh, She's pretty much there to do haunting, like... Yeah. Um, beckons? Haunting, uh, yeah, beckons and calls out to uh, Sebastian Medina. Medina. That's Medina. so good, right? When he's walking down the stairs and there's rats, and like she's like calling him out. Yeah. And he has like the torch. That scene was yeah. amazing. Uh, and like you said, the only other characters we have so we have uh, his um, Price's sister is Luana Anders as Catherine Medina. Uh, she started out in Dementia 13, the Coppola film. She went on to do some other, like Corman, uh, The Trip, and Easy Rider, stuff like that. Yeah, I didn't recognize her in any of these. Um, Anthony Carbone plays Dr. Leon. He's the doctor that. He uh, is shifty from the get go, right? Like, yeah, he's there's the one nothing that, that um, you uh, trust. Like when he first came on, he like, this guy seems such yeah. a uh, untrustworthy he's there to take care of uh, uh, Price's character mm-hmm. who's you know dealing with all he con- constantly fainting and whatnot mm. with all the uh, stress he's going through a little iron too he's probably not eating yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's also the one that uh, you know before because Price is worried that he buried his uh, wife alive because apparently his mother mm-hmm. was buried alive and uh, the doctor is the one that says, no, like, I checked her. She was definitely She's dead. She's fine. Uh, but he did... Uh, He's really cavalier about it, too. Like, she was dead. Don't yeah. worry about it. I'm a doctor. Yeah. I know. <laughs> he also did Bucket of Blood, Last Woman on Earth, which is another Corman yeah. film. I want to see that. I'd be curious, because I like all the... Yeah. The Last Man on Earth adaptations. The, uh, sorry, the I Am Legend adaptations. I'd be... I'm curious to check that out. Uh, Creature from the Haunted Sea. She's the last forest. one on Earth, but she's still like in a prison, which is kind yeah. of weird. <laughs> and he did the classic Skateboard the movie. Skateboard the movie? Yeah. Why haven't we watched this yet? Is the question I gotta ask. We can do that in the BMX Kid <laughs> and the BMX Bandits. It'd be a good... I'd, I'd totally do an episode. So the, he was part of uh, Corman's 60s uh, stock company of actors. Him along with, uh, who we just talked about, Anders, both of them mm-hmm. came from that group or anytime he needed... Uh, character actor or just pulled tro- one of them what are they called troops troops yeah and then uh, yeah the only other two characters in the movie are, are uh, the maid Lynette Bernay plays Maria the maid and Patrick Westwood plays Maximilian the servant um, so yeah those are the cast of characters um, let's talk a little bit about the plots so yeah as we mentioned the whole movie is about the brother comes to the castle he wants to know why he, his he sister died why his sister died it's kind of like he doesn't believe the mysterious mm-hmm. circumstances it turns out she died of fright she found out about the torture dungeon in the bottom of the castle which we'll talk about in a second and she was kind of become obsessed with it and eventually died of fright from it uh, you find out that um, Medina's character Price's character his dad was one of the evil um, the Spanish Inquisitors. Yeah, and he tortured and killed a lot of people. He found out his wife was cheating on him, and so he tortured and buried her alive and killed the... Uh, tortured her and then buried her alive, yeah. which is... And, and if Vincent for, Price plays his dad. Yeah. And yeah. he does such a great job playing his Flashbacks, dad. Yeah. Which... 
for the time, this again, 1961, it's kind mm. of like you see her as he's burying her alive and she's all bloody and stuff. Yeah. Like it's pretty gruesome. And you find out that she cheated on him with her, uh, with his brother. Yeah. Sorry. So he kills and tortures him as well. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of flashbacks in this film that kind of these nightmare sequences, uh, which I thought were kind of well done. Sometimes it does get to the point where it's like, okay, this is like the third. Yeah. Dream sequence and our flashback, in but a they row. do it in like cool colors too. Yeah, it's all like a purples and well, dark Corman, blues. Um, Corman uh, read that psychiatrists believe that most people dream in black and white, so they use wide angle lenses and violent camera movements and all these weird kind of camera angles to to um, give this weird hysteria feel. And uh, the sequences were printed on blue tinted stock, which was uh, then toned red during development, effectively producing a two tone image. Uh, the highlights were blue with the shadows rendered as a red producing a deep bloody quality the image was then run through an optical printer where the edges were uh, vignetted and a twisted linear distortion was introduced that's a lot of big words there mm-hmm. but uh, pretty much in the end what it, it means for it a gives cool it, dream yeah, sequence it looks really cool it, you definitely know when they're going into a flashback they're never fooling around like oh is this actually happening yeah. no they know but it, it is uh, does look really cool um, so yeah, and the whole film is uh, Price believes that um, his wife. He's worried that his wife was buried alive, and he's being haunted by her because of this. As we mentioned, uh, Price is great in this. He faints a lot, so much. <laughs> um, let's be honest. One of the other big things about this film, besides Price and the, the direction we should talk about too, Corman. The direction is really fantastic. Yeah. There's a lot of cool. Like I always know. Corman as the the producer. Yeah, you think he's the a, man this, behind this, this like know. a cheese dick dude who was like, "All right, how can we make this movie for ten bucks?" Yeah, and make a lot guy. of money. He's a great businessman, but he was mm-hmm. also a great filmmaker back in the day, right? Like, there's some fantastic sequences. Fantastic he's not getting angles. enough like love for his actual directing skills, is <laughs> no, he? No, no. And well, all these like pull adaptations were fantastic. But even like going into, we'll talk a little bit about it. But the pendulum sequences, there's mm-hmm. some really cool, stylish camera work there. The dream sequences, even like in the beginning when he's coming up to the um, castle. castle and it, some great sequences come up the mm-hmm. hill like I, I don't know it, this it's movie a really, oozes it's a great, yeah it's a great looking film you're in like the castle with them like, it definitely but it's also uh, that also so Danny Haller is the guy that did all the set design and you gotta oh, give him awesome. a lot of credit because yeah the film again for a, a low budget and apparently he went around to like I guess he'd go to like the garbage lots of like Universal Studios so he'd get all their discarded pieces <laughs> oh that's amazing whether it's like doorways windows mm-hmm. fireplaces um, even some of the torture machine props he would get and from various other studios as well and he would put them together that's cool and they also like going back to the first film they would reuse certain sets from all these films yeah. and even sequences they would reuse to save money <laughs> like if there's a house on I'm fire I'm curious like the, uh, the that castle that they like it's definitely like a matte painting yeah I think castle. that's a matte painting mm. even though the, 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 the pit itself is a yeah. matte painting but it's it looks good like, yeah, oh yeah, and he apparently he, they, he used 20 gallons of cobwebbing uh, sprayed throughout <laughs> the castle sets, which again, I don't know, there's something about all these old films I love and I miss, whereas these days everything would be on a real set, they would try yeah. to make it look real. All these films, Mario Bava especially as well, you can tell they're a set, and you know it's not real, but I think that adds so much to it. Yeah. There's something about it where even though you know it's not real, it has this gothic kind of fantasy element to it. I was, All the cobwebs, the lighting. The um, I think it's fantastic. Armor. The uh, armor guys. Like yeah. the, uh, I want to get one for my house. Like I kind of yeah, want to get one like armor. That'd be really cool. That'd be badass. There's no way the wife would let me, right? Like I don't know. She might be. Is she in the medieval? I think could, she might be, actually. You could say not for the horror element, yeah, for the medieval for... time element, for the historical <laughs> yeah. element. 
But um, yeah, I don't know. There's something about all these films that they always like, like you said, the atmosphere plays a huge part in, mm-hmm. in my enjoyment of them. And this film is no different. And the, the costume design is uh, well done. This yeah. again, for like, for this low budget film, they all. They all look like Shakespearean dudes. Yeah. Like they have that they're, they're frill goofy. around they're their neck. Yeah. Costumes. They almost have like tights and like the. Mm. <laughs> it's almost like a dress slash pants. I don't yeah. know what that outfit would be called. Pantaloons or whatever for they are. Something you'd think a jester or something would wear. <laughs> and what's that like? It almost looks like they're uh, a frisbee around their necks. Yeah, like the yeah, frilly the collars. Frilly. Almost well, like, even like the Pennywise scene, like, had one. Yeah, like. yeah. The new Pennywise, yeah. Mm. Well, even the scene like. Price is wearing this um, this nightgown, and when he falls down, you see he's got like this blue, like bright blue. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't get it? Get up underneath it, like it's it's. They're kind of funky costumes, but maybe I guess maybe that's what they were at the time, or is that just a way of them to add some color? I think that might have been way costume of design. Who knows? I'm sure some of it was somewhat based mm-hmm. on. Like again, I think that I'm sure the higher class maybe wear outfits like this. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't go into the history too much of the costumes, but it definitely um, it all. Again, what I'm getting at is this film had a low budget and was filmed in 15 days, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It seems like a big production I mean I think a lot of that is due to the costume set design and the the excellent um, direction by Corman Um, yeah Price just outshines everyone in this film he just has such a screen presence I don't care about his campaign I think he nails it by doing everything doing all the different emotional uh, sets uh, the score is good in this too right from the beginning I think the opening is like this weird um, like you said it has the the weird paint but it has this weird kind of low key echoey kind of I don't know how to describe it but it's just it sets a tone right away yeah. it's this eerie so, there something off something about it there is something spooky about a harpsichord too like it's almost like the yeah, oh yeah, piano yeah, yeah. there's something when you hear it like playing in the distance like whoa what yeah. is that that's so cool but Lex Baxter again is once again back for the score in this as we mentioned and you feel a little bit bad for Vincent Price too like he's like telling this story how about his lost love like she, I used to bake her dinner and then she played me the harpsichord before he went to bed sometimes just uh, hanging out in the comfort of each other and sometimes Sometimes we hung out with the doctor. Like, yeah, he definitely loved his wife, yeah. and um, you feel a little bit bad that like her brother's like, oh, I think you killed her there, Mister. Yeah. yeah. Well, the whole time you feel bad for him too, because not only is he getting blamed for her murder, but also not only is he already dealing with all the grief and yeah. stuff, but then he has the brother adding more to yeah. it, um, which is why he maybe faints a lot in this yeah. movie. Um, Distress. So yeah, the gothic uh, sets are a big thing, but also let's be honest, the other big reason you're watching this film is the torture chamber, which is very cool. Yeah, it looks amazing at the Iron Maiden, like a uh, the Iron Maiden, the all the the, the the one that pulls you apart, all the yeah. different. I, I think like that's a cool yeah. Set alone. I remember, like, that's something you'd go to a wax museum yeah, and all you that see. kind of stuff on display. I'll, I'll talk a little bit when we talk it Dude, into the pendulum. You but... are going to love the remake, by the way. Like, yeah. you, you got to see it. Do you own it? I don't know. Well, okay, well, we'll do a movie night I, in I my place. Off, yeah, I'll have to borrow it off. You may watch it in October yeah. or October. But, um, there's a, in the pendulum scene, even, um, don't, we'll get into the pendulum. It looks fucking great. Mm-hmm. But, I love too that all the walls are painted with these like eerie, these frightening spirit kind of creatures on the wall, and I think that adds so much to it. Because when he's there in the pit, you actually see like these like demons like coming yeah. to take him to hell. It looks amazing. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, and the camera kind of pans to him in like really well shot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess but we can talk more about the pendulum uh, and spoilers, but yeah. I guess we can talk about kind of the the basic design of it. We won't tell who's in the pendulum or mm-hmm. what's happening with the pendulum, but um, I know that we'll talk well, about the pendulum for spoilers. Like, I think pendulum sounds way better than pendulum, right? Like is pendulum it, sounds like... Is that actually the same? I have no idea. Like, I, I, I've, I've always said pendulum, but I'm pretty sure it's not. 
Okay, well, I, I have some stuff I want to talk about, but I'd say we'll put Did it in spoilers. Did you ever say pendulum when it's not like a torture device? Like no. the pendulum of like a clock? You wouldn't say pendulum, would you? I don't think I use pendulum in my yeah, uh, vocabulary. vocabulary <laughs> um, yeah, I guess the rest we'll talk about in the spoiler section. But You're not a loquacious motherfucker like myself, is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know. Let's just throw out our... our um, Give your basic review, your score, and then we'll go into spoilers, I think, unless there's anything else you want to talk about in the film. I don't want to talk about spoilers, actually. I kind of want to get into yeah, it. I think a lot of the stuff uh, Yeah, that's when it becomes a, It gets territory. a bit really exciting in the last half of the movie. Yeah. So I love this movie. Vincent Price, head and shoulders above. Like, you're watching this for Vincent Price for sure, right? Yeah. So I, I'm going to give it seven. Oh, that's it, eh? Yeah. Um, this is not my favorite Price film, no. but I think it's up there for me. I, I really enjoyed this. It starts out slow at first and again you're dealing with a lot of flashback and dream sequences but I think as it it goes on and more stuff starts happening and the mystery mm-hmm. starts uh, enveloping and then of course the last 20 minutes is fantastic I, I really enjoy this film uh, again I, I think this is a film that ha- great direction from Corman uh, Poe's really or sorry Poe uh, Price is really good in it uh, Poe didn't really have much to do with this at no. all didn't that dude marry like his 13 year old like stepsister like 13 year old cousin he had a child bride didn't he Poe I don't know alright <laughs> you seem like the kind of guy that would know like much about child brides <laughs> oh man Maddie. Um, I'm not, I didn't marry a child bride <laughs> she was 19 when I married her <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think this is a film that like uh, Corman's direction is fantastic. Price is really is is great in it. It's one of his better roles, and I think yeah, those last twenty minutes are really why you're watching this film. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, it's some really cool tense moments, and the sets and everything are great. The costumes, the lighting, but I, there's something about like an old Gothic castle and the cobwebs, and it's yeah. on top of a a hill torture. and the water rolling in the torture chamber. All that just like this is what I want in a film. Yeah. I'm going to give it uh, an 8 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, again, I think it's a great score. I can't I, really argue like it's I have to think about good. where yeah. I would put it in the Price filmography. I, I think I enjoyed the Fibes films more, yeah. at least the first one. I love the doctor, the Bond of Dr. Fibes. Some of those anthologies yeah. I really enjoy. I, I'm really excited about the uh, Red Mask, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess, uh, yeah, our final thoughts is this is a good film. Yeah. If you enjoy colorful gothic Castles um, with a great mystery too. Settings and yeah, and, and price at in his prime. I mean, you can't really go wrong with this. Yeah, if you haven't seen this, uh, fast forward to the end because I kind of want to get into spoilers. I did want to quickly yeah. before we go. I just want to mention. So yeah, we talked about the the brother is kind of not. I don't know if he's terrible, but he's very stiff and it's very. I, I found him very hard to root for. I find even Price's sister; she's not very um, charismatic. Charismatic, but I think she her role works fine in that because I think she's meant mm-hmm. to be. She kind of has a soft spoken voice, and she's just there to like deliver the narration, the yeah. story. And I think she's fine in like I think her acting is fine in this. Like it, it's yeah. it's not bad. Again, I find there was no chemistry between the uh, no, brother no, and her. I found like he was so hard to root for, like. and the doctor from the beginning is kind of you know he's mm-hmm. a little bit sneaky. There's something off about him, and then the, the, you know the other two made characters yeah. are just there too. They're just there so you can say, well, maybe they're behind it. That's exactly why they're there. But why don't we jump into spoilers now? We'll put the time at the bottom and we'll see who is really behind this murder mystery. <laughs> so they go down. He wants to know why she's really to alive. Know for sure. Was she really alive when um, she was buried? Mm. And they go down and they open up the casket. And it was such a great scene because you actually see that she's been clawing her way out of the casket and like her face is all distorted she in is like, agony. Which they don't mention. Who is that in the casket? I have no idea. They is don't it even, just someone they murdered and I threw think in it there? was just like some body, maybe like an old maid or something. They don't even like... 
But right. they had to have like whoever it was was murdered Buried alive. alive. So these people yet to think about it are even more are worse than you think. They're yeah. not only trying to drive price to uh insanity to insanity and possibly they death. buried someone alive yeah. just for the sake of burying someone alive. For like the only part is like he had no idea that they were going to like untomb her, right? Like yeah. <laughs> but he's like, well, just in case yeah. instead of killing you, we're just gonna bury you alive. It's fine. But yeah, so you find out that the doctor and Price's wife have been having an affair the whole time, just like his mother. <laughs> But and, even at this point, like I guess when they unburied the body, he is so cavalier about like, uh, well, I'm sorry, I, I, she seemed dead. I've, yeah, uh, M- M- Medina. Like, I am and sorry. Price, of course, faints yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, of course. Again, I would probably faint that. Point. Yeah, he's traumatized. He finds out <laughs> yeah. that his wife was buried alive. Actually, his biggest so he fear, yeah, actually happened. Yeah. Which that plays a lot of in these because. Uh, Premature burial is the whole movie yeah, is about being is. buried alive, and I think there's another film that is as well. But um, I guess that was a big thing back in the day, like being yeah. buried alive is probably like I guess where the term "dead ringer" came from. Well, I think it'd be terrible now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not. Like, it's nothing that like technology would change being buried alive, but I assume it doesn't happen, right? Like, yeah, hopefully not. Like <laughs> until there's some rare case. Well, you, you see, like the tales from the crypt, where like. People think you're dead, but I know you're alive. And we're going to do some surgery on you. You're going to feel everything. (laughs) But yeah, so anyways, it turns out these two are behind it from the beginning. Price hears her haunting voice. He follows her down and she's there because, of course, she is still alive. And they're just tormenting him. They're trying to break his brain. And possibly get him to, I don't know, to eventually to kill himself or jump off. Yeah, or like, yeah, lose his mind. Like, he loses his mind. Yeah. Completely. But, and he, they, he falls and they think to his death, but he starts laughing. You find out he's still awake. Mm-hmm. Well, th- he's clearly still alive. Like, they know he's alive. They just think they broke his brain. Like, oh, he's lost his mind. Excellent. Okay. That's what I, we wanted. Okay. And then he kind of like, <laughs> like, like, oh shit, he's, he's didn't lose his mind. He was acting like. Then he turns into like he his, awakens, his dad. And becomes his dad. Yeah, which is such a cool performance because yeah. again, it's such like a one eighty from what he's yeah. doing. It's very sinister. Even the way he walks in his face, he kind of this weird like, and his yeah. eyes are glaring. Like yeah. he is. That's why he's a great actor. Yeah, he does both roles. Excellently. Exactly. He you can have the charming and Henry, but mm-hmm. one of these villains is quite terrifying. Yeah. I thought. But he ends up. Um, he chases the. No, sorry. He throws his wife and the Iron Maiden. Oh, dude, that's. And then the. Uh, that's not a good way to go. Like. No. He chases the uh, doctor who ends up falling to his death. In the pit. And you think, okay, well, at this point now, you're like, he's not really the villain of the film. He's no, he's... Just, he's went insane, and these people kind of got what they deserved. Yeah, but they, He had to come. It's not his fault. They, they, they broke his brain. But he is so insane now that yeah. when the brother of his wife comes down to see and help him, he just knocks him out. He's become his dad. He thinks it's his uncle or something Yeah, like he that, thinks or? it's the uncle that slept with his wife because he's again, thinks his dad sort of is confusing. It is kind of confusing. But he's going to torture him to his death and get revenge on the, the innocent brother. You're kind of like, yeah, I don't care that much. <laughs> you don't. Even Go at this point, you're price. still rooting for yeah. Vincent Price at this point, right? Like, well, yeah. okay, this guy can guy. And this, of course, leads into the amazing pendulum sequence. Oh, where it's just slowly swinging, kicking down. So I always thought like it just kind of somehow uh, dropped with a, a force of like gravity. Yeah. But I guess it's him like. Well, he's slowly lowering it down. Yeah. Uh, the pendulum was 18 feet long and weighed over a ton and was rigged 35 feet into the air. That's so it was a huge crazy. device. Um, it was constructed with a rubber cutting blade, but I guess the rubber blade kept on getting stuck on uh, Kier's chest. So they switched to a sharp uh, metallicized uh, blade covered with steel paint. <laughs> That's crazy. 
crazy. And they had to get in the right position because to actually slash his yeah. shirt open. So they put, I guess, a steel band around his waist where the pendulum would cross. There's no way I would, as an actor, like, there, yeah. there's no way you're doing this. Well, apparently he didn't want it. He was kind of frightened at first. Yeah. And so Corman put himself in it and oh, to show okay. that it was safe. But uh, yeah, so that when he's in fear in that scene, he was in fear actually in, in real fear. life. And on top of it, Corman cut out every second frame to uh, make the blade appear like it was going twice as fast as it actually was going. So, again, kind of stuff like that. That, that I was think is so it's cool. a cool scene, right? But yeah, it is a great scene because and, and the, Corman does a great job of putting you in Cure's oh, yeah. body and like from his point of view, what he's experiencing because you start seeing like the, the blade swing in front of you and then you're, you're starting to see him kind of trip out yeah. of all that, like as he's frightened for his life. And I, I thought that was really, really well done. Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought the whole sequence was fantastic. It's pretty much, I don't want to say you're watching this movie, but it adds, that's you know, where, yeah. yeah, that's why you're watching this movie. The really. only, the only I guess, thing you could say, it's a little anticlimactic in that no one ever actually gets the pendulum, cutting them open and yeah. guts oozing out, I guess, for the that's 60s. That might have been too much. And I also feel like Price's character does end up falling to his death. It's kind of anticlimactic because it's like the servant that does yeah, it. Like, it's kind of like, oh, 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 yeah, Max Million's still around. Yeah. Fair enough, but... Yeah, it wasn't. You know, a character that you've kind of forgotten about at the time <laughs> appears to save the day. But other than that, I th- I think the whole the film and the lead up to this is fantastic. I love yeah. the whole mystery and it all makes sense so what's going on. I'm wondering, does a good is, job Vincent Price made this torture device, right? Back before he was like lost his mind. His no, dad didn't no. make it. No, his dad made it, I thought. I thought he was working on it when they, he actually comes in like, what was that sound I heard? Like, it's uh, something I'm working on. Oh, maybe. maybe. So maybe he's been kind of insane the whole time and that yeah. was his breaking point. Maybe like he would kind of lose it once in a while. And like make this device. Because like, clearly this is something you just like, hey, I'm a hobbyist. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a pendulum. Yeah, interesting. For... I never thought about that, but I guess you could look at that mm-hmm. then maybe... Because I don't think his dad was like cutting people over the pendulum. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they showed it interesting. But yeah, either way, it's a fantastic sequence. Yeah. I think that's it for spoilers, right? Uh, yeah. Um, so for trivia, I only got uh, two things I wanted to talk about quickly. I guess on the Blu-ray, they have it um, the, a deleted scene. Not really a deleted scene because it was filmed after the fact. But mm-hmm. for TV, the film was too short, so they needed to pad out the time. So Corman went back after the fact and shot a little five or is it five or eight minutes long sequence to open the film. And it was going to be, I guess, the only actor they could get back was Luana Anders as his sister, Catherine Medina. Mm-hmm. And it's just her in an insane asylum. It's awesome, right? But like the insane asylum is like a, almost like the... Uh, pit it looks like a yeah. old medieval castle yeah it's kind of a cool opening it just doesn't fit this film but whatsoever it's like, there's the lightning outside and there's like this crazy woman who's patting this doll you're gonna wake my yeah, baby be quiet you're gonna wake the baby and it's just it's kind of chill and you keep on hearing she's hearing price's sinister laughter yeah i thought it was kind of a cool scene but it doesn't fit this film and nah. I'm, I'm glad it's not part of the film but yeah they added that for our TV viewings just to, to pilot the time uh, the only other thing is there was another flashback scene but it was never shot and it was going to be um, Nicholas and Elizabeth horseback riding and eating a picnic lunch he deleted the sequence because he felt it violated one of his major theories regarding the post series and that is when he did the post films as cheap as possible yeah <laughs> He says, one of my theories was that these stories were created out of the unconscious mind of Poe, and the unconscious mind never really sees reality. So until the tomb of Ligeria, we never, is it Ligeria? How do you say it? Like? I have no idea. Um, we never showed the real world. And Pitt, John Keir arrived in a carriage against an ocean background, which I felt was more representative of the unconscious. That horseback interlude was thrown out because I didn't want to have a scene with people out in broad daylight. So uh, that makes sense. He does kind of keep it all. Yeah, it's always yeah, it's, in like, it's contained, right? Yeah, exactly. So 
Yeah, that's it for trivia. Uh, do you have anything else? Um, no, that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, overall thoughts. I mean, I just I think this is a great film. I think you could start. You know, if you're gonna if you're interested in starting off with uh, checking out, diving into Price, uh, this is not a bad film no, to start off to with, start or off. one of your original one. What definitely should be in your top. Yeah, you know, five films. Like I would say, five should be in there. This one. Yeah. Uh, this is. Which finder general? Which finder general? Yeah, he's he's got a definitely good mix yeah. that you could check out and see if he, he's interested. In you, but this is a good one to start off with and see he if he is the so fucking good, right? Yeah. Like even even I was thinking about which finder general just now. Like wow, he is such a, like a villainous, oh, he's so sinister in that one. But this is definitely conqueror a, worm. What was that? Conqueror worm is the actual yeah proper name. Yeah. Of which finder general they call it in the states. But yeah, if you want to check out the Poe Corvin Poe <laughs> Price uh, adaptations, this is a good one to start off with mm-hmm. and see if it's for you. Because I know there's some people that they like his. You you know, can't be your five stuff as Madhouse or Fear yeah. of Blood. There's some people like the more serious. He can do Conquer comedy Worm. too, right? Like, and then this is kind of to see if you're mm-hmm. into these fifth, uh, sorry, these these uh, gothic films that take mm-hmm. place, you know, in 1500s or 1600s or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it works on really every level. I don't have too many complaints about it. Maybe it starts a little bit slow. Again, that one dude is so wooden. That's He's the only issue. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean... There's no charm to him. There's the, the little, you know, some of the dream flashbacks are a little much. I, I, I didn't mind that, actually. Whatever. But, I, like, um, I like how, like, a family, like, oh, 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 my goodness. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. much... If, if you want... There's even this one scene, I, I want to say, like, I guess he is, like, cowering to, like, I guess a brother. You actually see him, he shrinks. So yeah. he's lower than him. He's kind of, like, looking up at him, like, these puppy dog eyes as he's like, oh, oh yeah. I didn't mean to say so. And that, he's a good actor. Like, Well, we didn't even mention yeah. in the flashback, you find out that he witnessed as a child his, his mother mom get being, tortured yeah. and buried alive. So that's pretty, pretty messed up yeah. stuff. That would mess up anyone in, in life. But, um, yeah, I, I think it does. This yeah. is just. I assume that the next, like, um, all these episodes we're doing about price is just us blowing price, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I mean, who? Well, there's two I haven't seen. Maybe they'll yeah. suck, but I, I don't think. Even yeah. bad price films usually Are still he's good. good right? It's worth seeing just for his. Even like the house that drip blood, I guess, was like him and Peter uh, Cushing. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like a comedy, but like. Well, we were, we were saying, I mean, yeah. with the, the, the introductions they have on the Scream Factory mm-hmm. Blu-ray from the PBS screenings, I guess yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Where he's just, him it, camping up for five minutes. It's like, I could I would sit there and watch him just read a novel in front of a fireplace for an hour and a half. It and could I'd be, be even like, like a phone book or a dictionary. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, this is good. That's why I'm really curious to check out that one-man show. An advoc is a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one-man show might be actually worth yeah. watching. Actually, yeah, we'll, we'll throw it in. Um, but it's... Um, is our Vincent Price a uh, volume two? Yeah, yeah. Or uh, I guess second episode. This is uh, yeah. This has been our second. Uh, this has been our second film in the the Price Corman Poe <laughs> series. <laughs> if you uh, think Vincent Price sucks, uh, just don't email us. Like, yeah, just yeah, yeah. Just find another podcast. Keep to yourself. Yeah, like this isn't this isn't for you. But if you if, actually if you find it sucks, I I, I kind of want to pick your brain. Put on with you. So you can email us at the uh, Movie City Maniac. We'd love to hear your Gina. favorite uh, Price. <laughs> Price Corbin, <laughs> no, no, your favorite. Or even him on the Muppets is so good, right? Yeah. Uh, sorry, if you uh, need to get a hold of us, uh, you can shoot us an email uh, saying uh, your favorite Vince Price movie, or like if you hate him, I kind of want to know why. Just anything you had to say about yeah. Price or yeah. Corman or Poe, let us know. Email us at uh, moviecitymaniacs at gmail dot com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at uh, moviecitymaniac, or just post on the Facebook page. Like uh, we yeah. got a group page, group page and a like page. page. Kyle's pretty much on there constantly. Yeah, just uh, share us your thoughts. Mm-hmm. We'd, maybe there's a, a price film you like to see us cover. Maybe there's an undiscovered gem out there. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Corman. I mean, I don't know as much of the stuff he's directed. Anything worth checking? I out? would watch like a rom com with 
yeah. Vincent Price is like the lead actor. Oh, yeah. Like, what was his wife's name? Like, Corn? oh, he did a couple of those like bikini uh, summers. Uh, I think his were like bikini women that were robots. Or something. <laughs> He's done everything. He's I would watch that like a motherfucker. And uh, yeah, and then even Poe. If you guys have like, if there's a good Poe short story yeah. to start off with, let us know. Maybe one that's easy to digest. What's that? The uh, curious incident of uh, M. Alderon or Valdemar? Yeah. That, yeah, that's one of my favorite. At least, like, that's been adapted several yeah. anthologies, and it's always one of my favorite stories. So, anyways, we're uh, going on and on here. We'll be back with some more uh, Price Corman, Cor- Price Corman <laughs> Poe uh, next episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Stay scared, everybody. Bye. Get on your back for a piggyback ride. <laughs> um, fuck, where is that, man? He threw me off. <laughs> I'll just talk about child rides and put you in, like, you're getting all, like, hot under the collar. Um, okay, I'm going to do that. All right. Did you want to talk about, like, my boring old time in an indie band, too? <laughs> what? I was thinking about the other day. I'm a cool dude. <laughs> I make beer for a living, and I was in a band like for ten years in my twenties. Are you talking about the band with Dan? And- yeah, yeah. When I was doing like the covers, <laughs> I was doing Brian Eyed Girl every night. Uh, okay. <laughs>